We want to welcome you to the Adventure Church Podcast. We are in the middle of a series called Five Smooth Stones, and we are learning that just as David killed Goliath, we also can kill the giants in our lives. Today, Pastor CJ gives a powerful message about how to kill the anger giant. Anger isn't wrong, but if anger is uncontrolled, stuffed, misplaced, or given full vent, then anger can do us and those around us a lot of harm. We hope you enjoy this message. Amen. So God bless you. Hey, how many brought your stones today? Come on. Come on. Man, you guys are slipping. You guys are slipping. I have to put a reminder out there like I do for my kids. Amen. Hey, we got this week and then next week is, uh, you're not going to want to miss next week. Our, our theme is called Freedom Rings. Obviously, it's 4th of July weekend, and we're going to be doing something special. And this is still not done up here. We just got a lot of this done. Wait till you see next week. Uh, but Freedom Rings is our service next week, and obviously you can tell what that's going to be. Uh, we're going to do a 4th of July thing, and uh, we're just going to have fun, okay? And then we'll end it with the five smooth stones. And so today, I'm going to hand out the markers. We're still missing some, so some of you guys got it in your purse, or guys put it in your pocket. So what we're going to do is I want you to do me a favor. I want you to put the date on your stone, put the date on your stone, today's date, and then what we're going to do is after you put the date on your stone, you're going to uh, put on there, kill, now get this, remember if we're talking about five smooth stones, put on there, kill anger, kill anger. How many know that we go through things in our lives that we have anger in our lives and anger can really bring destruction? How many know that's true? And so we're going to talk about that. Five smooth stones. For those that are new, this is our momento. We've been talking about five smooth stones here in our service. And each week we've been putting a different uh, stone that we've been representing. Last week we talked about fear, overcoming the fears in our lives and overcoming the struggles that hold us back. And fear is false evidence appearing real. False evidence appearing real. How many know that a lot of times the enemy wants to disguise a lot of things in our lives to make them appear like they're real and therefore to paralyze you and stop you from going forward and make you feel hopeless and powerless in your life. But where these are mementos, mementos are reminders of the victories that God has done in your life. And how, how many remember when the Israelites crossed over the, the river and they built a memorial? The memorial was a sign, Jason, of victory that God brought for those 12 tribes and they put there and they built a memorial. This is your memorial, memorial or memento of the, the monuments or the giants that you slayed in your life. Take a your sermon notes with me as we get into the word today. I'm excited about this word. Last week, I'm just going to recap on a couple of things we talked about. And if you have your sermon notes and you can have your pen there, we talked about Matthew 14, 27 through 31. And we talked about the three things. There are three steps when fear comes your way. For those that are new, we talked about this last week, that when fear comes your way, this is out of Matthew 14, to take courage, to not to be fear, not to retreat. You will never conquer a giant if you are always retreating from your giant. If you're always running from your giant, you're never going to to accomplish that uh, that victory. If, uh, and that, here's what also happens. When you run from your giant and you retreat from your giant, guess what grows? Your giant grows even stronger because he knows that he's intimidating you. He knows he's already got a stronghold over you, so he becomes more confident, and as he becomes more confident, he becomes more stronger in your life. So you will never conquer a giant if you don't take courage and always retreating. Another thing that we learned out of Matthew 14 was this, to 
to come unto him. Jesus wants us to come unto him just as we are. God doesn't want us to come to us him perfect because there's none of us here today that is perfect. God says in Philippians 1, 6, he who began a good work in us will carry it out to completion until the day of Christ Jesus our Lord. How many know that we still are under construction? God is working things out in our lives. He's still working things out. And so doesn't matter what you've gone through, where you've been, and what you've done. God just wants you to come. And when you find, go to God, and when you come to God, that's when he helps you in your situation. Amen? The third thing that we learn from Matthew 14 is this. Keep the faith. There you keep the faith. Some of you right now, you're on the verge of giving up your faith. And you say, Pastor, I don't have faith, man. My faith is weak. I'm ready to quit. I'm ready to throw in the towel. But God can take your little and make it much. God wants you to hold on to your faith. He wants you to hold on to your faith. If God can take a mustard seed and grow it into a tree that the birds can perch, uh, perch on its branches, he can take your little and make it much. So if you only have a little gas tank of, of faith right now and you're almost on empty, great. Lift it up to God. Give it to God. He can take your little faith and make it much. Just don't quit. And we talked about this last week this way. Your Goliath or your giant in your life, and we're going to talk about anger today, your Goliath may have a track record, but so does your God. How many know that your God has a track record? And here's his track record. He has never lost. Don't you want to be on that winning team? That the God that we serve has a track record, and his track record is he will never lose. I'm talking about how many of you have ever watched that, that kickboxing? Connor, you know, Connor, the kickboxer and the, the, the fighter, and he, he's supposed to be the man. But you know what? He is, he's got a blemish on his record. He's lost a couple matches. And so he's not perfect, but we serve one who's never lost a match, and no matter what ring he gets into, he always wins. And that is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That's the track record in which the God we serve. Another one we talked about this. Today I want to talk to you about anger. Yes, I, I always like to ask people today about anger, and a lot of times people say, Pastor, I don't have anger. And if you see on your notes it says this, if you ask someone if he or she is angry, the person's most likely deny it at first. How many of you know that's true? They'll first they'll, they'll, they'll deny it because nobody likes to be exposed. Nobody likes to be revealed about something maybe that's hidden in their lives. But you know what? The Bible says that light exposes darkness. God will reveal those things that are hidden in darkness. And how many know that God wants to reveal those things or draw it to our attention so we can correct things in our lives that need to be corrected? And one of the things that maybe needs to be corrected in our lives, if we try to hide it and try to snuff it and put it away, is that God wants to maybe correct maybe the undercurrent of anger that's in your life and that maybe God is trying to bring the light those things that can deliver you and help you and set you free and bring you to a new level in Christ. There's always anchors or weights that can hold you back from going forward in God. And maybe, maybe, maybe there's that, that sliver that sliver of anger in your life that flares up and is destructive and hurts people. But when you ask people about anger and they deny it, here's some of the responses they say. We say things like this. I don't go around in a rage every day. So I'm not angry because I don't go around in rage every day. I don't shake my fist at people and so on. And we say things like that. We don't yell at people at work. So we think oh, we can excuse maybe the anger that's in our lives because I don't yell at people at work, but maybe you yell at people at home. 
And we say it like this, I don't kick the dog when I get angry. And so we always try to excuse maybe something that is destructive in our lives, and we make excuses instead of dealing with it. And how many of you know as you grow up in life, as you grow up and become older in life, you take on more responsibilities? Amen. I, I love it when, like I said earlier, when we did the graduation service a couple weeks back, I love it when they graduate because now they're on their own. And then the real life begins because now you're under the cocoon of mom and dad, and mom and dad supply everything. They pay for your gas when, you know, when you have to have gas in your car. They give you money to go to the school events. and Man, but when you graduate, hey, baby, you're on your own. You know, you're like Faith Hill. Hey, baby, let's go to Vegas. But you don't got no, no money to go to Vegas because you're not under the cocoon anymore, you know. And, but the, the cool thing is, is with God, you, you are under his, his wing. And he said, Psalms 91, that he will shelter you under the wings of him and 10,000 may fall at your right side and 1,000 may at your left. And so God says, that, hey, I am with you. But listen to this. Anger can be an undercurrent that snaps at any kind of pressure or stress in your life. How many of you know it's an undercurrent? And what does undercurrents do? Man, you see the flooding that's going on around our areas right now. It's crazy about the, the, the flooding and what it's done and how it's eroded the banks and washed away bridges and roads and so on because it was an undercurrent of the water that eroded what? The embankment. And that's what anger does. If it's never dealt with, it'll erode away your spirit. It'll erode away joy. It'll erode away the excitement in your life. And most of all, it'll erode away your sensitivity for God because you're walking around with a spirit of anger and you got your fist clutched. And when you do that, what happens, it brings tension, stress, and despair in your life. And you don't know what to do or what's going on. It's because maybe God wants to expose something and put a finger on that area of your life so he can set you free indeed so that you can go to a new level with God. Amen? So here's another one. Anger can flare up at any time and become an unexpected guest that ruins the party. How many know that's true? Wow. Man, at any moment. Man, my father was notorious for this. He can be at zero, man, parked. And I mean, he can go from zero to 100 in a heartbeat. It's like, what in the world? He went from, man, from Bambi to Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde and that fast. It's like, what in the world happened? It's because maybe there was something inside of him, which I know there was, that he had to deal with. And a lot of times anger is a result of maybe unforgiveness. Maybe anger is a result of jealousy. Maybe anger is a result of, man, maybe upset at somebody that you have held on to for a long time. You've gone through rejection. You've gone through pain. And so, therefore, you carry that with you, and that's the undercurrent that is in your life because you're never afraid to deal with it. You know, it's like the dog. The dog can be the greatest dog in the world. It can be the greatest dog. But if it gets a thorn in its foot, what be happens to that dog? That dog will begin to growl at you. It'll want to bite you. It'll want to protect its injury because it's hurting. And a lot of times what happens with people, a lot of times what you do instead of dealing with it, Steve, we try to stuff it, we try to pretend it's not there, and we try to hide it. And what happens because we stuff it, hide it, and pretend it's not there, we're lashing out at people and not even really realizing that we're doing it. When God wants to set us free. 
And so I, I love this. Anger takes more than it gives out. How many of you know that's true? It takes more than it gives out. And this is, it can cripple a relationship. How many of you know that's true? It can cripple a relationship. Wow, just think about that. How many of you know maybe a relationship that has been broken up because of anger? Maybe you're in a battle with anger. It is, man, demoralizing your, your relationship. It's brought pain in your relationship. But it goes on this. It can kill a dream. Because you get angry, it can destroy your hopes, your dreams, your desires in life. It makes you want to give up and throw in the towel because all because of anger. You know, I always hear that, that little saying, Humpty Dumpty sat on the wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men try to put Humpty, back, Humpty Dumpty back together again. And no matter how much you try to put Humpty Dumpty back together again, guess what? It'll never go back to its original form. And you know what? What happens is when we get angry and we flare up and we do these things, we can never go back to our original form because now we have a crack in it. Think about that. Now watch this. It kills our dreams and destroys our lives. You know, when I was a youth pastor, I had the opportunity just to speak to a lot of youth, obviously. And when we were in Oklahoma, obviously, we had over 1,000 youth. And, man, it was amazing. I had two associates that worked with me, Mike Hathcock and Chris Hammond. And then I had 37 youth sponsors, and it was unbelievable. But the things that were happening with kids... And I, I couldn't believe it that, man, the anger that some of these kids doing and, and they, the, a lot of times the root and the cause of why they were doing things, it was the undercurrent, Dan, that why kids were doing some of these things. And so I, I asked kids, and I would have a checklist about why are you doing some of this? Because I'd have to go into, man, sometimes into psych wards. I have to go into youth detentions. I have to go to a lot of different places where the kids were. And so I always have a checklist of asking the young people, why are you like this? Why are you so mad at the world? Why are you upset? And here's one of the number one things. Seriously, guys, I'm not kidding you. Now, I'm not trying to step on your toes. I'm trying to enlighten you to what maybe kids react to. Some of the number one things that kids would say is, my mom and dad are mad, and my mom and dad fight, so that's what I'm like. Think about that. We are a reflection of our products of who we are. And our kids will follow after what we do. And so that was another, another thing. Another thing was is peer pressure. That, man, my friends, man, they, they're doing it, and they asked me to do it, and if I, I'm not accepted, if I'm not accepted, then, then I, I'm an outcast, and if I don't want to be an outcast, so i got to join the party. And so I ended up doing some of these things, and then I got in trouble with my mom and dad, and I got in trouble with the pro officer, I got in trouble. And it, the list goes on and on and on of why these young people kept falling into the trap of destroying their lives. But can I encourage you, mom and dad, please hear me. The Bible says where two or three agree, it shall be done. You set the pace, as I talked about last week. You come together in agreement, and others will follow you. Are you following? Now watch this. Anger is not wrong. All right, you hear that? Anger is not wrong. 
but anger if it not if it's not if it's but anger is uncontrolled stuffed misplaced or given full vent then anger can do us a lot of harm how many know that's true it can do a lot of harm in our lives now if you have your bibles it'll be on the screen but in Ephesians chapter 4 I love Ephesians. I, I, I love Ephesians, especially starting with verse chapter 1. It talks about we have been blessed in every spiritual blessing and all these things that God has for us. But then it, it says this, in your anger. Now, if you have your Bibles, you should underline that. In your anger, do not sin. Wow, that's a powerful statement right there. In your anger, do not sin. Some of you need to slay that giant of anger because it's causing you to sin. It's causing you to do things that maybe you shouldn't be doing. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. In other words, deal with it. Take care of it. Take care of it. You know what? I always tell people when I go to counseling, and even when I went through counseling in college and got my minor in counseling, one of the things that they say is if you are a tempered person, an angry person, and you can't talk at the time of the explosion, then you have to walk away from that situation. And your spouse or that person has to respect you if they give you time to cool down. But if they give you time to cool down, then it's your responsibility to go back and take care of it before the sun goes down. And I'm not talking about Garth Brooks before the sun goes down. <laughs> All right? It's your responsibility to go back. Okay, they've given you your space to cool down. You took the pressure cooker off. Now, Bill, you have to go back and say, hey, I, I'm sorry. I got my head together now. I got my wits about me. I brought the steam off. Now let's reason together. And so that's what he says. Don't let it go down while you're still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. You see, every time you give an opportunity to get mad and explosive and so on, it gives the devil a foothold. Do you know what a foothold means? It means a place to stand. A place to stand or a position in your life. And a position or an opportunity to grow in you. That's why Galatians 5.8 says a little bit of yeast works through a whole batch of dough. And what happens when you blow up and when you explode, you open that door for the enemy to have a position in your life. And if it's never dealt with, that little bit of yeast will work through a whole batch of dough, which is your soul, mind, and spirit. It'll infect you, and when it infects you, it poisons you. And when it poisons you, you begin to bite. And when you bite, you poison other people, right? And so he says you take care of it. And he goes on to say, next verse says this. It says, an angry person, this is Proverbs 29, 22, an angry person stirs up conflict. How many of you know that's true? How many, how many of you honestly know an angry person? You know what I'm talking about? Man, angry people, they stir up conflict. You know, what happens is it splashes over and it disrupts the household. It disrupts the, 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 the relationship. It disrupts different areas of your life. But then he goes on this. And a hot-tempered person commits many sins. Notice the underlining current there or the sliver that really happens in the midst of anger. So here are some of the signs in anger. Watch this. In our angry, anger, we do what? We sin. So what are some of the things how we sin? Number one, we do this. We say things 
we shouldn't say. Ooh. How many have ever heard this saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never harm me? Wrong. Words do cut, don't they? Wow. Do you ever think about this, that words cut? When Jesus speaks, now watch this. I want you to see this. This is how sharp words are, right? Jesus says when he speaks, he speaks like a double-edged sword, right? In other words, because words are penetrating. Because when you have a double-edged sword, it's able to wield both ways. You don't have to turn the sword in your hand and go the other way like we do a knife. You can do it this way. Words have life and death, and you will eat the fruit thereof it. And so the careful thing is we got to be careful by what we say. How many can honestly say you remember some hot words that were spoken to you that really cut you? I know I have. I really have. I think we've all experienced that. I think we all have heard words that were said to us, but not only words that were said to us, but words that we ourselves have said to others. And that we ourselves have said that maybe we, we thought we had the right to say it and we cut people apart and we wonder why they're not coming around anymore. It's maybe because we said some things we shouldn't have said. And the Bible says that we have to put a guard over our mouth to watch what goes in and out of our mouths because our tongue has the power of life and death. And what are the fruits that you're eating? Another thing how we sin is this. We do things we shouldn't do. Man, how many know that when we anger, we're, when we're walking and angry, and we're angered and we're upset, we do things we shouldn't do? How many know what I'm talking about? Maybe we, we go on a binge. Maybe we do something we shouldn't do. Maybe we, whatever. And we do things because we feel that we have a right to do it because I'm angry. And I got to feed that anger and to make it feel better. Actually, what it's doing, it's make it feel bigger. It's going to become bigger in your life if you never deal with it. And so we do things we shouldn't do. Another thing we do is this. We make excuses for our anger. Well, I did it because he or she said that. And I did it because, man, they, they rejected me. And I did it because, and we feel like we have a license. We feel like we have a reason to get up, man, upset. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I'm telling you, anger will have many different license plates if we allow it. And we feel like, oh, I, hey, I got it right, man. They gave that fish too much fish food, and now that fish is going to eat, and it's going to explode its belly, and who's going to clean up the mess? Excuses. We make up excuses like that to find the reason to try to take care of the undercurrent because we're not taking care of it. We never dealt with it. So we got to make sure that we soothe it somehow, some way, in some fashion. So what we do is we make excuses for our anger instead of confronting our giant, instead of killing the spirit of anger, we run from it or make excuses for it. And each excuse that we make, we're actually fueling it. We're actually uh, making it grow. We're actually allowing it to become stronger foothold in your life here's another one that we what we do uh, in our anger we never make things right for our anger we just think it's going to go away we just think it's going to evaporate the clouds are going to take it up with them and eventually it's going to rain down it's going to reflourish and it's going to that's we that's what we deal with anger you see I always find this it, the person that we hurt and we get angry with, 
they're never dealt with, and they're beaten, maybe scarred, maybe their spirit's been crushed, and maybe you felt good to get it off your head, get it off your, your spirit, and maybe you felt to get, to get it off your shoulders, but what about the person that you just browbeated? You know what happens with that person? They walk around now limping. They walk around in less confidence. They walk around feeling ashamed. They walk around feeling maybe not worthy. Maybe they don't feel like they line up to their spouse because you just said, you are a loser. You're no good. Why can't you be this way? Why can't you be that way? Why can't you wear your hair like that? Why can you have to dress like this? And we make excuse after excuse after excuse. And each time we do that, it's lessening the person that you're whipping. And it may feel good to you, but you know what? I've always taught my kids two words, please and thank you. Thank you for what you've done, Mom and Dad. I thought this was cute. I got my four grandbabies here and on the way driving. As you can see, I wrestled with the S-U-N yesterday. And, man, that's why the lights are down. Otherwise, you'd be, like, blinded by the light. So I, I kept the lights down today. Amen. Uh, I, met, I wrestled with the S-U-N and not the S-O-N. And uh, our grandkids had six games. My, my little one here, Peyton, and, and Cannon, they each had three games. And God worked it out that, Steve, I can go to Cannon's game. And right after Cannon's game, I jumped over this field, Sue, and I got to go watch Peyton's game. And so we watched six games. And in the meantime, I tried to help and try to wrestle against the S-U-N, and it didn't work. You mess with fire, you get burnt. Well, I got burnt. Amen. And my little one here, she scored four goals, man. It was awesome. And man, it is it, pretty cool. And Cannon got the goals, and he got to be the defender. Praise hallelujah. Hey, 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 let me ask you, grandparents, is this fun? This is a sidekick. This, I, I guess this is a rabbit trail. This is a little rabbit trail. Uh, we're, we're around all these people, right? And the whole field's got all these people, Sue. And all these people are next to us. And Monty, you hear people say, like, man, who is that kid over there? They're pretty good. I, I just wanted to put arrows all over me, man. You know what I'm saying? But I didn't. I held my composure. But I did say that is mine. No. <laughs> but listen to this. Don't let the sun go down while you're anger, you're still angry. Deal with it. Because what will happen is, listen, God says, listen, you got to take care of it. Because if you don't, that will be your weakest link on your chain. And the enemy will always attack that pain, that scar, that hurt in your life. That's why you got to deal with it. You have to take care of that. And if you don't, you're going to find yourself in a situation. In James 1, verse 19, it says these words. My dear brothers, well, watch this. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. In other words, take heed of what the Lord is saying. But the Bible says, listen, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word, right? And so he says, take heed of what I'm saying. Here's what he wants you to take heed of. In other words, take serious, take into your heart. Everyone should be quick to listen. Notice what he said? Quick to listen. Don't always have to respond before they're, while they're still speaking. We men, we're fix it. And so while our wives are speaking, we're in the middle of fixing it. And our wives say, just be quiet. 
we're all mechanics. Right? And we're like, we just quick to listen. Now watch this. Slow to speak. I don't need your advice. Will you just listen to me? You know what what counseling is? Counseling is 90% listening and 10% interjecting. So think about that. When somebody comes and pays a counselor $150 an hour, you're doing all the talking 90% of the time. And yet you're paying them 150 bucks. What's up with that? It's because that's what it's all about. Because a lot of times when you're quick to listen and slow to speak, you solve your own problem. So he goes on to this, slow to speak and slow to become angry. Notice what he said, slow to become angry. Don't go from zero to 100. Listen. Don't speak. Allow yourself to take a breath. Amen? Listen to this. A lot of times anger comes because we don't listen to everything being said. Now, I don't want to show a hand because I don't want to start a fight here, but <laughs> husband and wives, you know what I'm talking about. Kids, you know what you're talking about. Maybe your mom and dad didn't listen to you, or maybe you didn't listen to your spouse, and in the midst of not listening to their whole conversation, and because you didn't listen to the conversation, you go on throughout the day, and you thought you listened to the conversation, and you did half of what they said in the conversation, and when you get back home, you feel like, hey, I did it. And your wife says, why didn't you do it? And you're like, I did do it. No, you didn't listen to me. And all of a sudden you become ram tough, amen? How many know what I'm talking about? Now watch this. Notice God gives us two ears and one mouth. Do you hear that? He gives us two ears and one mouth so that we can hear more than we speak. That's what God does. You know, I want to share with you a story about my older son and my daughter. Uh, man, I had a curfew when my kids were going to school. They had to be in at 10 o'clock during the week. On weekends, we let them stay out till 11, okay, because they had a lot of school activities and functions because of basketball games and whatever. And you ever see that commercial on TV, parents, do you know where their kids are? Every weekend when there was a whole home basketball game, guess where they were? At my house because I knew where the kids were. They were all at my house, hanging out in the garage and the hot tub, playing basketball, because I wanted them to be safe and sound. Amen? But I remember one particular time, my son, my son Rick, and my daughter Heidi uh, went out, and they were going to a, a school function. And after a school function, there was like a fifth quarter. A fifth quarter is right after a football game. They call it fifth quarter. It was a party uh, that they were having after school. And they t- were supposed to be home at 11 o'clock. Well, my daughter actually is older, younger than my son. He's three years younger than my, my older son. And so I expected him to have her home at 11 o'clock. And uh, they weren't there. And they were there, and it, all of a sudden it ended up being, Brittany, ended up being that they got there at 11.35. By the time they got there, I was, I was man, I was a pressure cooker. I mean, I really was. I mean, you take me and like, shh, pop the top, and I'm going to let it pour. <laughs> And when they walked in the door, I was, I was a nervous pervis. I was really upset. Hey, why did you not have Heidi home? I understand you're a little older, but my daughter, you, hey, that's my baby girl. And I was upset. I really was. I'm being honest with you. And Rick tried to talk. And when he was trying to talk, I kept interrupting him, and I didn't want to hear it. 
I really, I, I'm, being, I'm just being transparent. I, Jerry, I didn't want to hear what Rick had to say. And so I scolded him, and, man, I, I took his music. The only way I could get to my son was take his music away. Groundy didn't do any good. Man, because he had so many activities that, man, he, he had to go to because of basketball and all this stuff. So I took his music away. He was a walking music box. And so I take his CDs away. And so what happened was he, he all of a sudden he said, Dad, Dad. And I wouldn't listen. And then I just sent him to his room. And I was so mad at him and Heidi. Then the next day when I cooled down, when I cooled down, Heidi came to the breakfast table. I'll never forget this. I cried like a baby. She said, Dad, you wouldn't listen to Rick. And I said, well, what are you talking about? She said, Dad, what happened was one of our good friends had a car accident right in front of us. I'll never forget this. And Rick was such a hero. He went in there and he helped this young man out with his car situation that he was going through. And he was there helping this young man out. And, Dad, we had, couldn't leave. We couldn't drive away because this was Rick's good friend. You know what I felt like? I felt like up an Adam ant. I mean, I, I felt horrible. But the problem was I didn't take time to listen. And because I didn't listen, I blew up. And then what did I do? I hurt and I broke the spirit of my son and my daughter all because I had the solution. I'm the dad. I have the badge. I'm the authority. I exerted my authority but I did it wrong. And I hurt my kids. I'm going to go real quickly here. You have your notes on the back page. Three ways we view anger. Number one is this. Wrongly felt anger. Wrongly felt anger. Wrongly felt anger is this. We feel angry about something that never happened. How many know that's true? We feel angry about something that never happened. It's already preconceived ideas. We have already set in motion those things. Already you thought something did or said or felt something bad. You're angry. How many of you ever done this before? You see somebody off in the corner and you see them in the corner and you think, oh, they're talking about me. I promise you when I tell you this. I promise you when I tell you this. I worked for a pastor and his wife. The wife of this pastor could not watch football. I'm not kidding you. They, she could not watch football. She despised it, Sue. And I said to the pastor's wife, I said, honey, why, why don't you like watching football? She said, this is no kidding. I promise you, Pastor Carolyn, with all my heart. She said, I can't watch football because every time they huddle in football, I think they're talking about me. <laughs> Honest engine. That's that's how paranoid Floyd she was. She thought something bad was going to happen. And how many of you are like that? Here's another one. Rightly felt anger, wrongly expressed. This is, I think, a lot of what we do. Here's the wrongly expressed. We genuinely had something to be angry about. But the way you're expressing your anger is coming out all wrong. I mean, I think, I think we all do that. We got something to be upset about, but when we say it, we're saying it wrong. And when we're saying it wrong, we're not bringing healing, we're bringing destruction. Uh, here's, here's another uh, another one is this. Rightly felt anger that never is expressed. Watch this. 
you're angry, but you pretend everything is just fine. I see a lot of women that do that all the time. When I deal with ladies, I, I don't mean that to be funny, guys, but when I deal with ladies, my wife and I, and we counsel with the ladies, that's one of the first things. I just hide it. I just stuff it because I don't want he or she to get mad at me. And so I just, you stuff your anger and you never speak about it. What is anger? Anger is poison. What is poison? Poison kills. It kills the spirit of the person. It kills the life in the person. Another one is this. Repressing your anger can be the one of the most destructive things you can do. Anger will separate you from others and stop you from hearing God's voice. Wow. Just because all you hear in your mind is the voices of those yelling at you or you yelling at others. And all it is steals from you. And what does the devil come to do? Kill, rob, and destroy. I'm going to be preaching a message because after we're done with the series, I like going into the summer because we don't do series anymore. And so one of the messages I'm going to preach about that I feel that the enemy steals from people, especially, and I want you to hear this, especially from Christians, you know what it is? That we are so offendable. Christians are the most offendable people. Who? She is a Christian? I know. <laughs> you see what I'm talking about? And I'm going to talk about that. Here, here's how we kill. Here's how you kill your, your anger. I'm just going to read through them real quick. Number one, remind yourself we aren't perfect to begin with. That's where you start to diffuse anger. Why? Because this, watch this. You kill anger when you understand you're not perfect, so don't be so uptight. You see, there's so many times we're so angry because we're perfectionists. And we want things so done so perfect. And if they're not done so perfect and your T's aren't crossed and your I's ain't dotted, guess what happens? You get mad. And when you get mad, you don't take it out on yourself. You take it out on the others around you. You're not perfect. I'm going to remind you of something. God said all have sinned and fell short of the glory of God. Every one of us, Troy, are not perfect. And so you're not going to be perfect. You're going to make mistakes. Don't be so hard on yourself. Hey, Ted Williams was the last batter who batted over 400. And you know what? That means he struck out or didn't get on base six out of ten times. But yet everybody looks at him as a hero. And sometimes you think you got to be 100% right. you got to be perfect. you got to be this. you got to be that. And God said, just be still and know that I'm God. Isn't that right? Stop trying to. God says, listen, you're under construction. We get angry because we are always trying to be perfect. There's only one perfect one that we're trying to obtain, and that's like being like Jesus. There's only one without sin, and our whole goal is to go towards him, not to be like him, but in the end we will. He's going to make us. He's perfecting us. He's coming to take his bride home. Damn, we're going to make mistakes. Bill, we're going to make mistakes. Dale, we're going to make mistakes. Raise your hand if you made a mistake. Boy, we got a lot of liars in this place. <laughs> Maybe because you don't got your right guard on, you're afraid to lift your arm. I don't know. Another one is this. We remind ourselves that God has made peace with us. That's where a lot of times people have a hard time. I blew it. I'm not worthy. I kicked the dog. 
I screamed at my husband. I yelled at my wife. I yelled at my kids. I'm not worthy. But listen to what God says. And I love this. God has made peace with you. But you need to make peace with yourself. Forgive yourself. You see, if you don't ever forgive yourself for giving what you did, that's going to grow in you. It's going to torment you. It's going to harass you. It's going to control you. It's going to dictate you. It's going to tell you to jump and you're going to say how high. You got to deal with it and accept God's forgiveness, His mercy, and His grace. We've blown it, but God said, I've forgiven you. His grace is sufficient for you. Oh, man. Anger is always recycles because we can't accept forgiveness. That's what it does. It always shows its ugly head. It'll come back if you don't ever ask for forgiveness. Number three, we believe God is our avenger. Listen, I love this verse in 2 Corinthians, uh, 2 Thessalonians 1 6. It says this. You became, that you, that you, God is a just God. 2 Thessalonians 1.6, God is a just God, and he will pay back trouble to those who trouble you. That's what that says. You see, listen, you become imitators of us as a Lord, for you welcome the message of, of the midst of the severe suffering with, by the joy given to the Holy Spirit. God is a just God. He will pay back trouble to those who trouble you when you trust him and keep your mouth, keep your mouth, keep your mouth closed. Somebody say amen. amen. Keep your mouth closed. Number four, we throw the stone at the unexpected. We throw the stone at, you see, what's the other enemy love to do? He loves to blindside you. He doesn't, get this now, guys, the enemy doesn't fight fair, Sue. He's not going to stand toe-to-toe to you, confront you. He's going to come from behind you. He's going to come from the side. He's going to blindside you to catch you off guard. That's why the Bible says to be in season, out of season, pray, and be alert on all occasions because he doesn't fight fair. You keep your anger under control by reacting right away when things happen. Number last one is this. We throw the stone at the right target. Now get this. At the right target. Listen, doesn't the Bible say our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and those things in the high places? What we do is we throw our stones at the wrong places. When Jesus was confronted by the Pharisees, and they came to stone, remember? They came to stone, and Jesus said, he without sin, let him cast the first stone. And every one of them, one by one, one by one, dropped their stone. Some of you need to drop your stones because that anger has infested you. And you're hitting the wrong target. If I'm going deer hunting, I want to shoot a deer, not a skunk. Because I'll be running. And what we do a lot of times, we take out our anger on the people that we love the most. You know why? Because we know that they'll forgive us. We know that they'll accept us. We know that, God, they're going to love us. And so, therefore, hey! And it has nothing to do with them at all. You see, listen. Don't take your anger out on others around you, but the cause of your anger. So when you're going through anger in your life, the key thing of killing your giant is hitting the target. And when you hit the target, guess what? You slay the giant. You slay the giants in your life.
But stop and think, what's the cause of my anger? Is it really worth being angry? Get it now. What's the cause of my anger? Is it really worth it? Is it really worth it? A lot of times we think it's worth it because it's either my way or the highway, so therefore it's worth it. How many of you relate to what I'm talking about? Isn't that right? You want to kill the giant? Throw your stone down. Jesus moved with compassion and love. Will you stand with me today? I want to encourage you today to let go of your stone. Kill the giant of anger. Go to someone that maybe you have offended or hurt, your spouse, your kids, whatever. It starts at home. Jeremiah, Joshua said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Maybe it starts within the home. Fathers, that's you. Be the priest. Be the leader. Be the example. Be the pace setter. The one that's not waiting for mom always to be the rescuer. But dad, you be the one that say, hey, bring the kids together. Say, ma'am, mom and dad, we made mistakes. I want to let you know I made mistakes. But kids, I'm going to do better as a dad. I'm going to do better as a mom. I'm going to do better as a kid. Start in your home. I promise you when you do that, I promise you, I promise you with all my heart that when you do that in your home, love, peace, joy will come into your household like never before and God will bring abundance into your life. Get rid of the undercurrent. Father, this morning, I thank you for every individual here today. I thank you that, Father, today we kill the anger giant. We slay it. It has no longer a foothold of strength in our lives. It is gone in Jesus' name. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you came to set us free. Free from anger, free from resentment, free from bitterness, free from rejection, free from jealousy. All these things that cause anger. Today, we do, are not unaware of the things of the enemy. We slay the giant and say enough is enough in Jesus' name. I speak over every household here today. Peace peace in every household, joy, love, laughter in every household now in Jesus' name. May the joy of the Lord truly be their strength. We thank you, Father. Now go with us, and we look forward to signs and wonders to follow for those who believe. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you this morning. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Adventure Church. We here at Adventure Church would really love to hear from you. You can connect with us online. Find us on Facebook and Instagram by using at Adventure Church Siren or check out our website, www.adventurechurchsiren.com.